Hey everybody, it's Pastor Will. Welcome or welcome back to the Brazos Fellowship Podcast. Thank you for listening today. And at the end of this episode, please take a moment to subscribe to this podcast if you aren't already. But more importantly, I hope the following presentation inspires you to take the next step in your faith journey. Enjoy. All right. Good morning, everybody. It is great to see you guys. Thanks so much for being here. So without further ado, we're going to dive into our message this morning. Now, let me just say right up front, it's going to take me a couple of minutes to kind of introduce this topic and to help you to understand it a little bit. And then we're going to be diving into our scriptural application. So just in case you're like, wait, when's, when are we ever going to get to the Bible? I promise it's coming. All right. It's just going to take just a minute. All right. So here's how we want to start this today. As we start a brand new year, 2024, there are things that are worth carrying over from one year to another, like good friends, good habits, and there are things that are not worth carrying over from one year to the next. And over the next several weeks, we're going to be talking about one thing that I want to urge you to leave in 2023. I want you to leave it in the past, and here it is, here it is, excuses, excuses, Excuses are like a paper wall. All right, follow me on this. From a distance, they can look real, right? They can look impenetrable. Before I did that right there, right? <laughs> you know it's a paper wall. It looks real. It looks like a real reason. A real reason. Not just an excuse, but a reason. And whenever we think about it being a reason, um, reasons are things that, are immutable, they're unchangeable, that you can't really argue against, is, is this a reason? There's a reason why I can't run as fast as Usain Bolt, right? There's a reason I can't dunk a basketball. Back in college, for just like maybe a few months, I was able to do that. It was a very short window, but that window is long, long gone. There's a reason why I can't bench press 300 pounds, right? Like, there's a, there are good reasons for that, but there's no good reason why I keep doing stuff I really need to quit, and why I um, stop do, or, or I'm not doing things that I need to do, right? That I haven't started doing. I need to start them. There's really not a good reason for that. They're really not reasons, even though I might describe them to you as such. They're really just excuses. In other words, and I want you to think about this in your own life, because we all do this, guys. The excuses are just disguised as reasons. We all do this. We take excuses, we dress them up, we make them look like reasons. And, and here's how they kind of manifest themselves in conversation. They come out as becauses, all right? They come out as becauses. And you have um, people who ask you certain things. You tend to hide behind the becauses. Well, why do you keep doing that? Well, because... You know, why can't you quit? Well, because, I, I got a good because on that one. You know, why, do you, why don't you say something to them? I know you're miserable, and this has been really hard on you. Why, do, why don't you just speak up? Well, because. Why don't you forgive them, right? I mean, di didn't God forgive you? Yeah, he did. And so his grace is good enough for you, but not good enough for them. Try rationalizing that to God, right? That's going to be a hard one. Why, why don't you go ahead and forgive them? Well, because. Why don't you finish that thing you started all those years ago? You know, well, because, you know, it's just been like, it's just, yeah. we got becauses, don't we? They're excuses dressed up like reasons. 
We have, um, we have our reasons, but let's be honest about this and just see if this isn't true of you and people that you know. There is a fine line between reasons and excuses. Before we know it, excuse has bled over into a reason, or that's how we're treating it. It's a paper wall. And what's funny is that we see it way easier in other people. Isn't this true? Like if it comes out in conversation, like take somebody like you really know well. It's your spouse, your kids, it's your coworker, it's your best friend, whoever. If you catch them trying to dress up an excuse as a reason, what do you say? You're just making excuses, right? You're just creating a paper wall and trying to pass it off to me as a real wall. But I know better, right? I know that's not real. But to you, you're acting as though it actually is. You're acting as though you're actually, you're dressing up an excuse and passing it off as a reason. And and I want to help your discernment in your own life and other people to go way up as we start this new year to say, hmm, is that just an excuse disguised as a reason in my own life and somebody else's? And like I said, this is so much easier to see in other people, and I'll prove it to you. Even over the last couple of minutes as I've been talking about excuses and reasons, who's been coming to your mind? You? No, it's somebody else, isn't it? You're thinking, she needs, that's, I hope she's listening to this. Or like, oh my gosh, that is totally you. you I, I hope you're paying attention and you're thinking of somebody you need to send this message to, so hopefully it'll help them. But what, that's what's so funny about this issue in our life about excuses is that we can see it a mile off in somebody else, but 12 inches in front of our nose in the mirror, it's very, very hard to see. We've become very blind to it unless we're looking for it. So here's a question before we go any further. I want you to really think about, is it possible, is it possible some of your reasons are just excuses? Why you don't do or you you haven't quit doing certain things as you start this new year with the Lord? Maybe they're, they're just paper walls. There's something that you've created. And you created them out of a place of hurt. Some, for some of us, we create them out of insecurity, out of a fear of failure, out of past trauma. And so, so let's, let's ask a question so we can drill down a little deeper into these, these, these um, excuses. Where do these paper walls, where do these, where do these excuses, where do they come from? right? Where do they come from? This is really an important question for us to ask, because often for many people, they come from what someone else has told you, has called you, has labeled you, or expected of you. Or maybe we could twist that other one at the end and say what they did not expect of you. I don't expect you to ever amount to anything. You heard that maybe. You're not smart enough. You're not, you don't have a work ethic. You don't, you, you're never going to do much with your life. You're just going to be a loser. Maybe you heard that. And somebody communicated this. They called you. They named you. They labeled you. They gave this to you. It wasn't true. You need to know it wasn't true, but you believed it so completely, so thoroughly that you invented reasons, I'm using air quotes around that because they're really excuses, you invented reasons to defend certain, and you have them to this day, certain behaviors, 
that you keep on doing, behaviors, certain procrastination, you keep putting it off, putting it off, putting it off, because something deep down in you says, I can't do it, I can't do it, I'm not going to try it, I'm not going to try it. Certain avoidances, certain people, situations that you just avoid, because you're like, "Mm." you know, back growing up, I was told, you got to be a winner, if you're a Lewis, you better be a winner. By the way, I did not tell my girls that. All right, you know, like, you, if you can't win, don't bring shame on this family. So you don't even try anything that you can't be the goat at, right? You gotta be the greatest of all time, or you're not even gonna try it. I feel like this has paralyzed a younger generation who spends a lot of time watching social media feed and YouTube videos of people who are awesome at things and they think, I can't do that, I can't be that good, so I'm not even gonna try not understanding that that is not at all how God works in our life. He starts everybody from a place of inexperience and works them towards experience. But we use the fear of excuses. And let me ask you this question. Are there certain people, because usually circumstances that we avoid, it's because of the people in the circumstances, right? There are certain people that you just avoid. Like, let's be honest. If you could be gut-level honest, Who are the people that you avoid? Maybe it's pretty people, rich people. Maybe it's highly educated people. It's corporate type people. Maybe it's political people. In election year, you're like, I just, I can't handle it. I don't want to be around it. I'm not going to, I'm just, I don't have patience for it. I'm just not going to, I'm not going to do it. But here's the thing I, I want you to see. It is so much easier to not like them, those people, whoever they are, than to admit something about us, about you and about me that's going on inside of us that needs to be addressed, right? We think it's them. It's not them. It's us. <laughs> like, I'm not saying to go be around them and adopt all of their worldview and do everything they do. Absolutely not. I'm just saying being able to be around people, to love them, to interact with certain people. We wall ourselves in with paper walls of, of flimsy excuses sometimes, and we don't move forward at times when God's saying it's time to go, and I want you to do. Let me tell you about a story in my life where that happened, going all the way back to high school. This is back in the 1980s, okay? Some of you can relate to this. Back in the 80s, uh, in my little high school, we had speech and drama class was one class, right? Now, I know they're probably completely separate and have their own departments now and all that kind of stuff, big, bigger schools and all that. But back then, it was like one class, and I remember avoiding it like the plague, and you may laugh at this, and the reason was because I didn't want to have to get up and speak in front of people, all right? I know God has a sense of humor, right? Like, this is so ironic. I would have never, the high school version of Will would never have like, wow, you made a terrible decision with your life. Um, but, uh, I, you know, so I remember going into that class just thinking, oh, Lord, please don't let me get picked for anything. I just want to just hide out in the back and get my C or whatever and get on through this class and I was uh I did not want it so ironically the teacher I remember she came up to me and said I really like you to go out for the lead role in this semester's play and I said oh ma'am thank you but no thank you I, I declined and she tried to get me a couple other things do and I said no thank you I am not gonna do that so I just observed you know that semester 
And I did this pretty much through high school until my senior year. And I remember at my church, there was a, a lady that came up to me, very kind, sweet lady. I knew that she had worked in our children's ministry. And she said, Will, I really think you could be great at teaching Bible stories to kids. The kids seem to, to like you. I, I could relate to the kids. I don't know. I could make them laugh. And they, I wasn't I didn't feel very intimidated because, you know, that was the thing about getting in front of people. It was always like the, oh my goodness, I'm going to look like a fool, the ridicule I'm going to get, all this stuff. I'm thinking, oh, kids, man, they're, they're, I mean, you just act silly and they're going to laugh, you know? So I thought, okay, I'll try it. Now, she may have just been trying to get a warm body in that area. I don't know. But I started doing that and started teaching Bible stories. And, and if, if you've ever done that before, you ever taught anything to anybody, you realize through the process, I'm the one that's learning the most. I'm the one getting the most out of this. And um, I remember in that process going, oh my gosh, this is so much fun. This is actually like hitting a sweet spot for me that I did not even know existed. And, and the more I did it, the more I was just like, oh, Lord, give me more opportunities. Like, this is so much fun. I love it. And I unearthed this blessing that I did not know existed in my life. And I'm just telling you, this might be where you are right now. There's a, there's a paper wall of an excuse that you've been using over and over and over, and you just feel like that thing is rock solid. There is no, there is no way to move beyond this. But I'm telling you, would you be open today to, to ask what might it look like if I challenged that paper wall? I pushed on it a little bit. And so let's go a little bit deeper with these excuses. What is the root? What is the root cause of the excuse? It tends to be um, when we are blaming something internally in us on something external. It's people, it's a situation, it's something out there. Um, and, and I'll say this, the moment I decided that there was something out there that, that I couldn't, that was insurmountable, that there's no way I could deal with that, it was ridicule, it was I'm going to look like a fool and people are going to make fun of me, whatever, I immediately constructed a paper wall. I, I walled myself in without realizing it. And it wasn't just one wall. It was excuse after excuse after excuse after excuse after excuse. And before I realized it, I'm like, wow, I can't even do much at school or church or anywhere else because I'm running into these paper walls, these excuses for why I can't do certain things. And I want you to see this because I hope that God might be pulling back the curtains a little bit in your own life because you might be doing this too. Paper walls keep us from opportunities and even relationships with people that God wants to bless our life with. But we have so talked ourselves into, no, 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 because, 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 there's no way I can do this. Here's my excuse. And I'm really treating it like a reason, but it's not really a reason. Our I won't become I can't. And, and that's just not my thing, Will. I just don't, I can't do that. After a while, it becomes a paper wall that you and I just begin to hide behind. And you're like, no, Will, it's a real wall. And stop asking me to do stuff, all right? <laughs> and you, I did that. I can say that because I was me. I, I still catch myself doing this sometime. I have to be so careful. But for me, going back to my senior year, I finally was willing to 
start exercising a gift I didn't know I had, and it was a gift from God, uh, a, a blessing that I didn't even know, and it turned into a calling. And that calling turned into my ministry, and this ministry has become my destiny. It is part of why I was put on this earth. It is part of my story, God's plan, and his race that he's called me to run. And everybody's got one. Everybody's got one. Now, I want you to think about this in your own life. We think about, um, how, when I think about how close I came to missing this, and, and, and not being able to enjoy and experience God's best, one of his, the greatest blessings that he's brought into my life outside of my family is this being able to use this, this gift. And I had to, and you're gonna have to do the same thing. I had to come up to that paper wall, that excuse, and say, wait a minute, is this real? Oh my gosh, it's not real. Oh wow, this whole thing is easy to poke holes in. And like... There's a whole nother world back here. Oh my gosh. And what you'll find is your excuses. What you thought was a wall that was impenetrable and you can't go for becomes a, a doorway to something God wants to do in your life in 2024. He really does. But you gotta, be, it takes faith. It's scary, I'm telling you. It ain't for the faint of heart. This is not for sissy. This is somebody, somebody who's like, I'm sick of living like this. I don't want to be like this anymore. I'm sick of making excuses. I don't want my kids to grow up making excuses. I don't want this to be a part of the legacy I pass on. I want to break through. You want to break through this year? It's going to come through you confronting the excuses that have become reasons, flimsy ones, in your life. Let me ask you this. Is it possible? Is it possible you're missing out because you've walled yourself in. It's become, a, it's become a prison cell. Some of you have done that, and you have so completely deceived yourself by believing these lies about you that you almost don't do anything else. You, you, you almost don't even try anymore. Your becauses, your becauses is, is actually an excuse are your becauses becoming an excuse? Do you accept excuses from your kids? Most of us don't. We don't accept excuses from our spouse or friends, coworkers, employees. Why do we accept them from us? Why do we keep letting us get away with it? And going back to Friday night, guys, some of you might be making excuses about why, oh, I don't really do church stuff. Like, that's for my wife, that's for a girl, that's for other. I'm telling you, you don't know what you're missing. You need to come. You need to be a part. Take a step. It takes some courage, but you got it. Down there somewhere, you got some. Time to exercise it, right? This is where faith comes in. Be willing to take that step. And here is why this is so critical, so important. There is a relationship, ladies and gentlemen, between your ability to follow Jesus. If you're a Jesus follower, please hear this. There's a relationship between your ability to follow Jesus and your willingness to push through paper walls. If you are not willing to do this, you don't get to do this. You will, you will talk yourself out of following Jesus. Because here's what happens. Our excuses in time will compete for the lordship of our lives. Excuses eventually will call the shots. They'll be the boss. They will be the king. They will be the king. An excuse 
can, in time, become a king that you bow down to, you surrender, you submit yourself to. Here's what I mean by that. Excuses will tell you what you can and can't do, what you can and can't try, what you will and won't be successful at. So you just don't, you don't even try anymore. You quit unless you can, you know, it's your sweet spot. It's just like, I know I can do this pretty well, so I'm only gonna try the stuff that I know I'm good at, right? Read the Bible, my goodness. God doesn't do it like that. He almost always asks people, me, look like I'm a walking illustration, to do things that I was not good at. And now, this is what I'm doing. I'm doing for a living. Every, every week I speak in front of people, it's because of him, not me. Absolutely. And what's, what is so sad and so sobering, I hope it will be for you, that you as a Christian person, so many of you are followers of Jesus, you could come together every Sunday for the rest of your adult life and you sing these marvelous, wonderful, amazing songs of Jesus as your king, all the while serving king excuse. You don't surrender and submit to him if you're really honest. You, you are, your dictates come from king excuse what you can and can't do, what you're going to try, what you're not going to try, how generous you're going to be, who you're going to love, who you're going to be a friend to. Who, who, like. So I want to turn our attention right now to the New Testament book of Hebrews. Now, we don't know exactly who wrote Hebrews. Some people think it was the Apostle Paul. Some people think it was others. Um, but we do know that it was inspired by God. And in that book, the writer, the author is encouraging believers, first century followers of Jesus Christ, to not use the excuse of trials, tribulations, persecutions as an excuse to give up on their faith in Jesus because they were so close, because the persecution was hot, hot. It was brutal. There were people who were being executed all the time for their faith in the first century. That's why sometimes when I tell people that are like, oh my gosh, it's, it's never been worse for Christian people, uh, you need to go back and read some history because it's, it's been way worse. It's been way worse. And they survived it and they thrived. But what was amazing here is that he gives this incredible encouragement. And this encouragement applies to everybody. Everybody here, even if you're not a Christian yet, there is wisdom in this, and I hope that it will help you to see the power of a relationship with the Lord. Let's take a look together. Hebrews chapter 12, starting with verse 1. He says, let us, let's say this together, let us throw off everything that hinders, right? I want you to rid yourself of every hindrance, every encumbrance to progress spiritually. Everything that tends to make you trip up, take, get rid of it. I want you to get it out of your life, including excuses that are holding you back, right? He goes on to say, and the, let's say it together, and the sin that so easily entangles our lives, that, that muddy the water, that mix us up, that confuse us, that make it hard to know how to go forward. He's saying sin here, and Jesus was so specific about sin. He's like, you need to repent of it. You need to turn away from it. 
not so that you can just be pious, that you can walk around and say, I am holier than you, and look how righteous I am. No, because sin not only falls short of God's plan and glory and, and, and race that he has us to run, but also sin always hurts people. I want you to hear this. Sin doesn't just hurt you, it hurts other people around you. Think about this for a second. Lying is a sin. Now, why is lying a sin? I mean, lying is so bad of a sin, it made it into the Ten Commandments. So it's pretty bad, right? Lying to God is really bad. Why? Take any relationship, even the most ungodly, godless relationship you can imagine, right? Two people. If one person continues to consistently lie to the other person, not only will it hurt that person, it will eventually erode and destroy the relationship, won't it? That's just what lying does. That is an immutable, unchangeable law of the universe that God put together. It's just the way things work. And he says, don't do this. And when we lie to ourselves with an excuse that we're treating like a reason, it hurts us. It holds us back. It gets us on the wrong path for our life. It will wind up hurting the people around us. It will hurt our relationship with God. It hurts us. He wants us to see that sin is something we should walk away from, not so that we can look better than other people, but so that we can stop hurting them and hurting ourselves, that we can start bringing a solution to the world and not hurting it more and more and more. Stop being a part of the problem, in other words, but being part of the solution which Jesus invites all of his people to be a part of it, to partner with him, to help begin to, to, to rescue, to repair, to restore a broken world in him. And that's what we're here to do. And he wants to do that through every one of you. He has a specific and unique plan for every person to, to do that, to be a part of that. In other words, an excuse is a lie that we tell ourselves about ourselves. It's a deception that we have bought into. So I just want you to, today to think about where are those areas that I have been selling myself a lie? I've been deceiving myself and I've been hurting myself in the process. There may need to be a time where you go home, maybe this evening, sometime this week, I would, I would say do it sooner rather than later. Talk to God. God, show me where I have been holding onto excuses. Paper walls, I've been walling myself in and it's been hurting me. It's holding me back. It's keeping me from the life that you intended for me and that you would take a moment to say, God, I repent. I'm turning away from that sin, that deception. I don't want to live like that anymore. And you might even want to get in front of the mirror. This may sound kind of funny, but you look at you and say, I'm, I'm tired of lying to you. I'm tired of trying to sell you on a deception that's just frankly not true. I'm holding you back, and my promise to you is that I'm going to stop lying to you. And as soon as I find these deceptions, God makes them, avail makes them obvious to me. I'm going to repent of them, turn away, and we're going to just move forward like this going forward. Like, I'm going to stop letting those become things that hold us back. It's, it's like saying, okay, I'm going to start poking holes, and I'm going to start seeing where those deceptions are. God, show me where they are. Make it personal. Where have you been deceiving yourself? Where have you been using excuses on yourself? Maybe it's in relationships. It's just like God just always makes me get in relationships with 
train wrecks. Like that's all he's ever going to have for me. It's just train wreck after train wreck. It's just not true. Maybe there's something that you need to change about your picker, like people that you're picking, right? And including God in that. Looking for, Lord, what do you want? What are the attributes? What are the things you want to do in me, but also in them? How do you want me to proceed? God, show me the excuses I've been making with my finances and my stuff. I've made all kinds of excuses why I can't be generous. But maybe you want me to start stepping out on obedience and then in the process you're going to bless and show me the way forward some of you need to do that some of us need to do that poke holes here's what he says kind of to, to summarize what we've read so far throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles you no more excuses and when you stop making excuses, now you're free. What are you free to do? You're free to run. You're free to run. He says, he says this in the next verse. And let us, let's say it together, let us run with what? With perseverance, the race marked out for us. Did you know God has a race for you? A specific and unique plan for your life. He wants you to run. He, you're not doing it alone. You're going to do it with him. But he has something for you to do. He has unique and specific things in this new year that only you can do. That only you have been handpicked by God to be a part of making this difference. But you have to push through the excuses. You gotta be willing to say no more. I'm not gonna let this be the thing that holds me back. I'm, I'm gonna step out on God's plan. I'm gonna stop making excuses I'm going to start stepping out. And what's amazing is that as we begin to run the race that God has for us, not only will it be a blessing for us because you get out from under the hurt of the lie and deception you've been living under, it blesses other people. Your race is not just for you, it's for others. It's amazing how God will use it to impact and motivate and inspire other people around you without you even realizing it's happening simply because you're running the race that he put you here to do. And for many of us, if I could be really honest, many of you, and this is an aha that you're going to have to have before God, you've never really thought about the fact that your life is a race. It's a plan that God has put you on. And you may look up and say, I think I'm running the wrong race. There is nothing more tragic, and I've seen it happen with a handful of people. They get towards the end of their life and go, oh, dang, I've been running the wrong race. My list of priorities, the things that I'm investing my time and my money and my energy in, it's not even what God put me here to do. Don't let that be your story. When you include God in on your story and begin to run the race he has for you, all of a sudden your life becomes a light that will draw other people to do the same thing. Let our light shine before men and women, they may see our good works and praise our Father in heaven. This is what Jesus said in Matthew 5. This is so powerful when we begin to run the race he put us here. And, and it, it, it's essentially making an eternal difference with our life. An eternal difference. Because people who make excuses rarely make a difference at all. And maybe you've seen this in your own life. They don't make a difference. And let alone an eternal difference. Now here's our verse all together, verse 1 and 2 of Hebrews 12. Let us, let's say it together, let us throw off everything that 
hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. And let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on who? On, on Jesus. And the idea of this last statement here is that we're looking away from everything else and looking to Jesus. We're locking eyes with our Creator. And what's beautiful is that in time, maybe you're not there yet, in time you'll realize He's it. He is the goal. He's the aim. He is the objective. He is everything. He is your life. We, we, we sang about it in that last song. That He is the His name is healing. His, his name is life. His name, he is it. And you will come to find that Jesus is the greatest treasure. There is nothing in this world that can even come close to him. And that when you fix your eyes on him and run the race he has for you, it is the greatest, most satisfying life you could ever have chosen for yourself. But what robs so many people of that is a paper wall of excuses and say, no, I can't do that because, because, because. It's time to fix our eyes on him and that we would stop saying, no, can't, wouldn't do that. Here's why. We'll start asking, why not? Why not? Why not me, right? Why not now? Why not forgive that person? Why not try again? Why not pay off the debt why not be honest with them? Why not take the next step with Jesus and see where it goes? When you follow Jesus, he's going to lead you right through the middle of all that nonsense, all those excuses that you and I have been making for years and years and years, and even some of the people around you that love you have been saying, oh yeah, I know you got your reasons for, and they stop challenging you, but it's time for you to say, I'm not going to live like this anymore. You and I must decide to shut down the excuse factory, okay? Next week and the weeks following, we're going to talk about how do you do that because some of us need to know how. And some of you, your kids, your friends, your family need to know how. So I want to encourage you to make sure you're back so that you can learn, we can learn together. How does Jesus confront this in other people? When he sees them, they're just making excuses. It's keeping them from the kingdom. It's keeping them from his family, keeping them from running their race. For Jesus' followers and those who are considering it, we cannot move forward with Jesus without acknowledging and addressing the things that hinder us, including our excuses. Now, coming into a new year, there are things that are worth bringing from one year to the next, and there are things that are absolutely not worth bringing. Excuses is one of them. Let's make a commitment right now. We're going to leave that in 23, okay? And here's what I want to ask you to do. Pray with me right now, and here's the prayer. Lord, I bring, my, bring you my excuses today. I refuse to let them dictate what I can and can't do. In other words, I want you to be king, not excuses to be king. And finally, I fix my eyes on you. I'm going to look to you. I'm going to start my days with you. I'm going to talk to you throughout the day. I'm going to let you become the new ultimate objective of my life. Now, I know that may sound scary, especially if you've never heard this kind of thing or done this kind of thing before, but I want to invite you to pray with me right now. 
as we go before God, would you just open up your heart to say, God, what do you want me to do in response to this message? Let's go before him right now. Lord Jesus, we thank you that your heart is to help us to throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles us, including our own self-deception, excuses and paper walls that have walled us into a self-made prison cell. Help us, God, today through faith to say, God, I want out. I want to begin to walk with you, which means I got to confront some of these lies, these excuses. All across this room right now, would you be willing? I know this takes courage. I know it takes faith, and it's going to be a little scary. Would you be willing to say, God, you just show me where the excuses are, and I'm going to go ahead and put my yes on the table. I'm going to start taking steps in that direction. Would you make that commitment with me right now? I'm going to do it with you right now. If you're making that commitment to say, God, you show me where the excuses are, and I'm going to start poking holes in that wall and move in that direction. Would you just lift your hand if that is your commitment today? Thank God. Praise the Lord for hands all across the room in the balcony and the floor. God, I pray you would just hear our prayers right now. God knows everything that you've been struggling with, every excuse that you've been making, and mine too. Lord, help us that you would sharpen our discernment today so that we don't live as prisoners to king excuse any longer. He is a brutal tyrant that will grind us into the ground if we let him. King excuses, you are dethroned today. And Jesus, we put you on the throne. We are going to follow you in these areas. Would you tell him that right now? Jesus, I put you in charge. Put your hands on the wheel, the steering wheel of my life. I want you to guide me. I want to run your race that you have for me. Would you tell him that? Show me what that looks like. Where do I begin? Where do I start? Let him begin to emerge into your heart where that deception needs to be confronted today. Would you just tell him, yes, Lord. I put my yes on the table. I'm ready to move forward with you. I'm ready to move forward with you. You may lower your hands. And Father, right now, all across this room as we're in a moment of prayer, those that are here, they would say, I want to begin a relationship with God through His Son, Jesus. I want to be forgiven of sin. I want to make God the King of my life. If that is the cry of your heart, would you just right where you sit, just say, Jesus, I'm inviting you into my life. And, and I'm accepting your forgiveness of sin, that you would wipe the slate clean right here, right now. Everything I've ever done, said, or even thoughts, nasty, disgusting, vulgar things that I've thought, that you would just wipe it clean, that you would forgive me of all of it right here, right now. Forgive me. And I'm claiming you as king. You are my king from this day forward. If you just ask Jesus to forgive your sin and be the King and Lord of your life, that you are surrendering your excuses to Him, would you just lift your hand saying, Will, that's me. I'm not going to hold back. God bless you, ma'am. Right here, sir, I see you right here on the front row. Anybody else? Anybody else? Oh, back here. God bless you guys. I see you right there. Up in the balcony. God bless you right there. Anybody else right here in the front? Sweet kids, God bless you guys. Right over here, anybody? 
Father, thank you so much for what you're doing in this place. Thank you for moving in this building. There is only you can transform lives. Only you can draw people unto yourself. We thank you for moving in this place. We recognize it is the power of the Spirit of God who does these things. We praise you for it. And everybody who's making a decision today, would you share that with somebody today? You would ask somebody to celebrate with you over that and be back next Sunday. Lord Jesus, we thank you for speaking to our hearts today. May you bless us as we go through this week to confront the lies, the the excuses that we have paraded as reasons and not let them imprison us any longer. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said, amen. God bless you guys. We'll see you back next Sunday. Once again, thanks for listening. If you live in the Brazos Valley, we would love for you to engage with us at one of our weekend services. For directions, service times, and information about our fabulous children's and student environments, visit us at brazosfellowship.com. That's brazosfellowship.com.